some entrepreneurs, which you might say female entrepreneurs, um, fall into a category of being less confident. I mean, it, it's absolutely proven and in our data that on, in, in, on average, they just ask for less money. Mm, you know, so I think we're a nice home for that. I think people get that they will be listened to and spoken to as an equal and not feel judged because they don't understand every single tiny bit of their balance sheet. This is The Summit by Fields Adventures. I'm David Humes and every week, my co-founder Dominic McGregor and I will be talking to inspirational leaders about their experiences as they strive towards their summit. Hi everyone, thanks for joining us here at The Summit. This is Fields Adventures podcast where we talk to amazing, inspiring leaders from all sorts of different industries, whether they be entrepreneurs, corporate leaders, or people who've done amazing things. Today, we're here with our very own Rachel McDonald, who's the MD of Phil's Adventures, and we're really excited to learn about her journey. Thanks, Rachel, for joining us. Well, thanks for having me. Great to be here. I'm looking forward to it. Talk to us about how your career started, Rachel. When you were at school and university, what did you actually want to do, and how did you end up where you are? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely a, probably a story of two halves in that school wasn't really... I mean, I loved school, but certainly not from an academic perspective. I was very mediocre at school. Certainly don't think I worked uh, particularly hard. Um, and then I you know, did my A-levels and thought I wanted to go into the family business, go into construction. And I went for an open day at Leeds University and I was the only girl literally doing quantity surveying. Yeah. And I just thought, I'm pretty tough. I'm okay at being the only girl in the room, but this is a bit much. So I actually took a... My sister had started working at an ad agency. So I... I took a year. I went to the course tutor and said, I haven't quite got the grades to get on media. What can I do to get on this course? And he said, um, if you go and do a year in industry and prove to me you really care about media, then I'll, I'll let you on the course. So I took a year out and worked, got a job in an ad agency in Fallowfield as a receptionist because I wasn't qualified. I was 18 years old, you know. But by the end of that year, I was, I'd been promoted to be the PA of the CEO and then I'd been promoted to do... Um, to be a PR assistant. And I just knew this was where I was starting to get excited about. And then again, I guess at uni, I, I mean, I enjoyed it, but I did, I had a good time. You know, I, I, I did the work, didn't let anyone down, but I didn't excel. And I think it was just that when I got my first job in London, I just realised I loved it. It was definitely, I, I still bump into people from school, uh, at school, awful school reunions and things like that, where people will say that, you weren't the one that was supposed to be a CEO of a big company. You know, that wasn't that I, I guess that I, I, you know, quite rebellious at school, quite, you know, interested in not not particularly thinking that career was going to be the way it would go. And I just I just happened to get into an industry that I loved. And so because it was a joy working really hard and working weekends was just fun. I loved it. So it was just that's that's how it all sort of started. Amazing. So you have so much passion for for media, right? It comes across in your in the everything you're you you're about really. Yeah. What do you think fundamentally drove you to kind of do better and better and rise all the way up to being the CEO of uh, Dentsu North? I think loving it is is part of the fun. But I think the reason that I love media, mm. it, it is media that I love. But yeah. the reason that media is so fun is there's absolutely no way of being ever bored yeah. because you work with, you know, during my time as being an account director, I've worked on GHD. So you had to know everything about the, you know, the hair straightening hair, not that you're allowed to call it that, but the hair tool industry. Um to working on Holland Barrett, where you get to know the VMS market really well, to work, you know, and retail is really addictive. So that's one of the things, you know, that immediacy of you do some TV yeah. and it, it hits on sales the next day. You're always working in a different sector and a, with a different client. One of my old bosses, Dave, used to say that I could, he could send me to a PLC board meeting, but he could also send me to Gala Bingo in, in Newcastle and I'd get on with the people. So it was that, just different people and different challenges, but all sort of culminating in the same thing because everybody wanted the same thing, right, which is growth. 
that ability to never be bored and have a different day every single day is what, you know, was probably what I just loved about it. Yeah. Um, so it never felt like hard work. Yeah. Occasionally it felt like hard work. <laughs> And do you think you're proving something to your family in this process? Well, I am the youngest mm. um, of four. Um, and my dad is Irish and moved over when he was 14 to England and did really well for himself. So I think maybe, you know, I definitely wasn't the one that anyone thought would be the successful one. But I think we're all pretty successful in our own, in our own rights. I'm definitely a people pleaser. I definitely mm. like, you know, what drives me is people being impressed by me or people feeling, you know, um, people appreciating me is definitely part of the driver. I mean, you know, obviously success has other nice aspects like getting re- rewarded from a monetary point of view, but it was definitely achievement that drove me to want to keep going and and do more. It was, yeah, I like I like good feedback. That is definitely part of it. Yeah. And I think that's that's flips when you have children, right? Being a good role model to them, and um, I love it that they they know that mummy's job's important and mummy works, and I, that that's really important to me. So I guess that as an extension, absolutely. And you were in the media industry when it went through a big period of transformation. I mean, there's arguably still a lot of transformation to happen. What what role did you play in that? And you know, how did you see that play out? Luckily, I was pretty young when it all started to happen. I remember I worked in an agency in London and obviously massive TV department, massive press department. And there was this little internet department, you know, (laughs) and um, people started doing PPC and Google, you know. But at first, I think luckily I worked on clients like we had Microsoft was a client and Expedia was a client. So we had to embrace it early. But I think one of my sort of things in life is if if you're slightly scared of something, absolutely run towards it. You know, no one knew what they were doing and we were all learning together. And we were, you know, I've worked, I've launched websites alongside clients for their first ever website and built, you know, direct businesses along with them. And so I think just the fact that embrace it early, um, it was great for the media industry. You know, when when you first worked in it and there was, you know, five or six channels and there were these kind of options over here, this whole world that sort of democratise it for people was mm. just exciting. Um, so I think I just leaned into it, just thought this is this is good, this is exciting, you know. Um, and one of the reasons, because when I then moved back to Manchester from being in London, I went to work at um, what was then a company called MediaVest. One of the reasons that we were acquired 10 years later was how digital we were. So I think as a group, we just got it. We just thought this is this is the future and you've got to keep doing all this other stuff well, but invest over here. And we just we were brave. We trialed new things. We got things wrong. We trialed new products. We um, we'd white label stuff to try things out. We'd be we'd be transparent with our clients that, you know, let's let's all go into this together. It was a brilliant time be um, media, And I think it still is because it's still really fast moving. When you entered the industry, how diverse was it? You became a very senior female in the whole industry. How did that feel? Actually, media is very, very good in terms of split of females and males. If you do overall, it mm. often it's 60% female in companies. But if you do leadership, it, it's all male. And in my first agency, I had a really strong mentor as a woman, a lady called Priscilla Rogan, who was fantastic. And she taught me loads of good lessons. But then when I moved north, um, my bosses were all um, male. And there were some senior women, but less less so. I didn't have a female mentor then for a long, long time. Um, the real issue in media um, was that most people had 
a wealthy background. Right. My first job in London, I think I was paid 10 grand a year and you were living in London, you know, central London. It was pretty impossible to have done that if you didn't have some backing. And, and I was lucky enough to have some backing, but that did make it really, you know, that that's the real issue in media is getting into it. Um, if you don't have a background where people would support you, there was a lot of more so on the creative side, but there was a lot of you know, free internships, like people just working for free to get into it. So that made it completely undiverse from that perspective. I think certainly at Dentsy, we did a lot of work on that. We had a lot of initiatives called The Code. We'd go into schools to help people from a really early age, but it's still a problem. And I think, well, from a female perspective, um, certainly it's come a long way. From a diversity, from a social perspective, it's got a lot of work to do and from an ethnic perspective a lot of work to do yeah um especially in the north um and and that is a part of talent pool as much as anything but there's 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 a lot of work to do i'm really honest about this i was quite late to the sort of female empowerment like movement because i i I just had a really good experience pretty much i was i had a really supportive boss who never made me feel like um that my gender was of any of any relevance whatsoever but you know ultimately I did go on maternity leaves those things do happen to you um and those things I do I think that that possibly set me back slightly yeah I do think if I hadn't had babies and hadn't taken nine month maternity leaves each time I could have perhaps been further sooner but um I, overall I felt really supportive but what you know what I began to realize other people weren't as supported as yeah. me and actually, I was promoted on my second maternity leave to MD of Cara. And um, that story, people repeat it to me constantly wherever I go. People ask me about that experience. And for me, I, you know, it was great. It was like, oh, that's great. They want me back. Definitely good. Um, and I think they're pretty much making sure that I did come back. So, um, <laughs> you know, that was, a, that was a nice tick for me. Like, yeah. a, you know, they, they, they definitely want me to come back. Yeah. Great. But for other people, it's so inspiring. And so even though for me, it was like, this is good news. I do talk to people about it a lot because it helped women think this fear that they had, that they'd get forgotten, that they'd, you know, that they'd be away and someone else would take over or fill their shoes or all those things. And it's just about, you know, so I I do talk to women about it a lot that um, you just got to believe in who you are. And, you know, people, if you're you're very, very good at what you do and you work hard, everyone's going to want you back and everyone's going to try and keep you happy and keep you in in the industry. And so I have had a really positive experience, but I realized that not everybody else had that same experience I did. So I do try and, um, you know, certainly moving into this world, I've certainly been very involved in the investing in women's code. I um, support Fund Her North. I, you know, I've sat with Alison Rose from NatWest on a round table and talked about this because if we think there's a problem in media, there's a real problem in 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 investment world so you know i it's it's something that's become more and more important to me as i realized other people's journeys weren't quite as simple as mine or as yeah. easy as mine um before we move on what do you think the future holds for media i think what's great about it is how small businesses can use it you know it used to be so you know it would be it'd be the exclusive enclave of like really really big businesses that had huge marketing budgets What's amazing now is if you're super creative, you can launch a TikTok campaign, right, and be really and re- really successful. So I think it's 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 become become even further ingrained in society. Um, and I think help getting successful people, whether they be agencies or consultants or you know marketing experts, to help businesses navigate that is just going to become more and more important. And I think we've seen a real shift, haven't we? In like. It used to be that it was COOs that were always CEOs. Now CMOs are getting that foot at the table. And I think it's a really bright future. Um, 
and I, I think different models will come out. I think yeah. the agency model is a great model, and I'm I'm a big supporter. I loved you know my time at Dentsu. I think we did a really good service for our clients. But I think there's other models at play, um, and I think in housing, and I'm not, I'm not trying to sway this straight into an academy situation. But you know, getting people in your business who have a strong understanding of lots of areas is going to be vital for businesses yeah. to to grow. So I think it will adapt, but I think it's a really bright future. Yeah, very exciting. So now you're here at Phil's Adventures, RMD. Yeah. Why? Why are you here, Rachel? Question. <laughs> <laughs> So leaving Dunstan was a really hard decision. Mm. Um, you know, there was a lot of changes. We've been acquired. We were integrating. The new jobs for me looked like big jobs, which all looked really exciting, but meant huge amounts of travel. And at the time, I had a seven and a, a nine-year-old, and that just wasn't where I saw the next five years of my life being. And so deciding to leave Dunstan was a really, really tough decision. So I actually got a work coach and um, spent some time with a lady called Sally. Amazing, amazing Um and one of the things we did is we wrote down all the things that I, that I was excited about. Because although I love Dentsu, you know, I've been there 19 years, there were some frustrations that, that, that come, that come or what bits of your job you don't love. So I wrote this list of things that I really want to do. And it's things like get back to helping small businesses, be part of building something again, not just maintaining and, you know, be part of building something again. Use your experience to really help businesses grow. It was like this list and at the end, Sally said to me, who is my work coach, um, so what is that job? And I was like, well, it, it does not exist. You can't, you know, it doesn't exist, basically. And I don't believe, well, I, I'm not someone that sits around, you know, writing manifestations, but I was off on gardening leave for uh, nine months, and which was interesting. Um, and you got a lot of calls during that time and lots of, uh, you know, interesting opportunities, some more interesting than others, obviously. And I, I said no to a few things or turned a few things down. And then you start to think, oh, actually, maybe I need to start thinking about I am going to have to work at some point. And then, yeah, and then Dom called me. And this ticked just so many of those boxes. Being able to actually use your media experience, but actually work with businesses where, you know, no disrespect, but when you're working on Vodafone, you meet the CMO from Europe twice a year. And I don't know how much impact you're really having on that business. whereas. You know, and, and that's no, I'm not, you know, obviously there is impact. It's important what you do, but to actually be able to speak to business owners, there's, there's always a nugget in a conversation that they, you know, that you wouldn't get briefed on if someone yeah. was telling you, you know, it's, it's, it's that, it's that thing of being able to really get involved and really help people and then be part of building something different and, yeah. and not different for the sake of it, different because there is a need for what we're doing and believing in that and one of the downsides of agency is sometimes there's a little bit of friction between agency and client and all of that is gone we're all pointing in the same direction we all want the same thing there's no there's no agendas it is how do we grow this thing well and sustainably and in the right way you know for the future and um it ticked the list which is why i'm here fascinating and and you said before there's a lot i think we all agree there's so much to do in terms of diversity inclusion in the whole startup but then the investing space Mm. What are we doing to try and play our part in that? The Investing in Women's Code, which it was, was launched on the back of the Rose Review, has lots of pointers of how mm. um, investment companies, one of the things is you sign up to it. And the, and the thing you have to do is supply your data. So every time we get approached or we approach someone, um, we have to write, you know, we have to say, is it a female or a, or a co-founded you know, male and female team? What kind of money are they looking for? First thing is transparency, yeah. data. 
Um, and we, and by doing that, you have to look at it on a, you know, we, we look at it every six weeks. We only have to supply it twice a year, but we actually look at it every six weeks because we thought it's best to keep a grip. And plus, because of where we are in the space, we get a lot of inquiries. So we feel quite responsible for that, um, for those, for those, those entrepreneurs on those founders who are coming and talking to us. One thing is looking at that data. And the next thing is how do you impact it? Um, and I think one of the things that we've done really purposefully is, Try and create a different atmosphere. If I could tell you the amount of people that come in here who've been to loads of other offices to meet other investors or VCs or who say, it just feels like I can come in here and be myself, that we can be relaxed. So I think from the get-go, it's not a you versus us situation. It's a, right, okay, let's talk. And I think a lot of honesty, I don't think you're for us, but we can put you in touch with someone else. Or we really love this. We're not sure if it fits in our model, but let's talk and find out. So lots of honesty, lots of you know, just keeping it a bit more relaxed. There's no need just because of what we do. Sounds It sounds formal and investing and it sounds finance and it sounds like it's super corporate. And that's not to say that we don't do all the right things. Of course we do. But we try and make it a relationship from day one. And I think that puts some entrepreneurs, which you might say female entrepreneurs, um, fall into a category of being less confident. I mean, it, it's absolutely proven and in our data that on, in, in, on average, they just ask for less money. You know, so that confidence, I think we're a nice home for that. I think we are a nice space for that. I think people get that they will be listened to and spoken to as an equal and not feel judged because they don't understand every single tiny bit of their balance sheet. Um, That we're here to support that as much as supporting their business journey. So, and I do see good things. I see, I see really good initiatives from other big players in this market, in this space, I can't underestimate the work that, that Alison Rose has done and the Rose Review and the impact it's having. Um, we're already seeing that numbers are up and, and you know, so it is working. I mean, it's, it's a very low number between, the, everyone says it's under 5%, but it's growing, um, you know, how much the investment goes into female founders. So, um, yeah, it's, it's positive, but there's a lot of ground to make up. A lot to do. Yeah. And last but not least, talk to us about Phil's Academy. This is new to Phil's Adventures, something we're both very passionate about. Yeah. Absolutely. And, you know, my passion does come from a place of working at, at, at uh, you know, running Dentsu. We, you know, we were the biggest employer in our sector in the North, in, in Manchester. So we, <clears throat> we were poached from a lot. And, and so we had to build um, systems that would, we could bring people in and, and train them. But we would find clients who just couldn't grow because they couldn't get a marketing manager or they couldn't get a marketing exec or, you know, at the moment everyone wants content creators. Where do you find them? And obviously, the bigger companies are able to pay more and recruit and 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 do all that and do all that and attract the talent. So you know, academy does come out of a sense of you know the north is the most incredible place. Um, we do have a talent shortage, certainly in marketing and digital marketing, and in other areas which we'll expand into. But for now, in digital marketing, and our belief that teaching people those skills from from real from people who work in the industry so the people that are working day to day in in fearless adventures them being the the mentors and being the teachers just means that you can fast track that learning you can get you can you can within 12 weeks get people in a really good space to understanding the basics of lots of areas which just will empower them to go into in into jobs and i think will make a real difference to um the workforce in for now in manchester and liverpool but with, with ambitions across the UK. And talking about your own summit, where where have you reached your summit yet? Or, 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 or is it still to come? Where is it? 
Yeah, and I'm sure everyone says this, but I, you know, I, I, I've definitely, the one thing I have done is that by being CEO of Dentsu, mm. what that gave me was a bit of control and a mm. bit of, a bit of, um, I guess a bit of freedom that you, you know, when I was, when I had my garden leave, I got calls about being a non-exec for um, some cricket board. I did say I know nothing about cricket, but they said they wanted that. I was like, I mean, I mean nothing. You know, <laughs> um, you know I got, I got opportunities yeah. to move into, into this world um, from running that world, it happens not just if I'd just my background had just been media, I think that would be more difficult. But when you are CEO, people see you as a business leader. They know that you've grown, that you've transformed, that you've run teams, that you've, you know, they, they understand that. So you, you get options. So I think Summit for me had been that freedom to have a lot of choice about what I did next. Mm-hmm. So that, in a way, is, is, is definitely has been. An amazing thing that's that's happened for me, but yeah, definitely not done. I mean, you you, you don't you don't grow you don't join Fearless if you if you're done. It's not no. it's not a place for you <laughs> if you're done. Um, it's a place that where new ideas like Academy were were talked about in March, and now we're on our second cohort. You know that's how it works. Things happen yeah. quickly, and so not at all. I think the the summit will be seeing some of the amazing businesses that we've invested in grow, and seeing all the people here flourish will be the next summit. Amazing. Well, thank you very much, Rachel. Thank, thank you. you. Thanks, everyone, for joining us today at Fields Adventures The Summit. If you enjoyed this, please like it, leave a review and get in touch with us. We always want to hear from everyone, understand what you'd like to learn more about and the sorts of guests that you'd like to see on our future podcasts. Thank you very much. <laughs>